everyone. This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, we're on chapter 28 Mm. of Proverbs in our weekly snippets of encouragement series here. And of course, I'm here with my buddy, my pastor, my friend, my ministry partner. How many titles can you give me? I'm trying to think of someone. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Chad, how are you, sir? Doing good, man. Excited to dive into God's Word together. Yeah. How was the marriage um, workshop last night? Man, it was really good. It was uh, it was one every husband was there early for. It's yeah. the intimacy week. All right. <laughs> I was uh, giving them all a hard time because just, they just so happened to show up like 10 minutes before. Usually they're rolling in right on time. Right. Like, huh. huh. Everybody got here a little earlier tonight. I'm excited to hear about this one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. It's just, it's awesome to see, you know, one of the things we talked about last night is Sex is a weapon that Satan uses a lot mm-hmm. to destroy the family and destroy lives, right? How could something that God created be used so much? And why would it be targeted so much? Yeah. Well, it's because it's something that God has put in place for the marriage uh, union yeah. to be something that glorifies him and serves one another and is a place of res- refuge, rest, and joy between husband and wife. Mm. And so Satan wants to destroy that. So as, as we wrap our minds around biblically what sex is and begin to pursue one another in those ways, it because it becomes something that strengthens yeah. the marriage couple man, instead of being torn away. That's good. It's perfect timing since we've done mm-hmm. our, we just finished our series on pornography yeah. addiction and we see just how that's ravaging the church and, yeah. and destroying couples, et cetera, Absolutely. you know, and it, it, and what you just said makes a lot of sense. You know, mm-hmm. marriage is another institution that is under attack heavily. Mm-hmm. And, um, it makes sense because God created society, society to be built off that. And he created sex yeah. to strengthen that mm-hmm. bond that in union. that relationship. So that's Satan's right. coming after it. That's right. Wow. Wow. Well, I wish we had a different topic to discuss because, <laughs> you know, that's a great topic. Marriage, maybe, sex, everything about marriage. Maybe, maybe we can do a podcast one of these days on, on that subject. We'll have to, we'll have to do a marriage a podcast. Yeah. That's what we'll have to do. But today we are one step closer to being finished with the entire book of Proverbs. And so we're on chapter 28 and let's get into it, Chad. We're going to read popcorn style. So I will read one verse and Chad will read another and then we'll circle back and make some commentary. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. When a land transgresses, it has many rulers. But with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. A poor man who oppresses the poor is a beating rain that leaves no food. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive against them. Evil men do not understand justice. But those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will have a, a goodly inheritance. A rich man is wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has understanding will find him out. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory, 
But when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. If one is burdened with the blood of another, he will be a fugitive until death. Let no one help him. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, but for a piece of bread a man will do wrong. A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, This is no transgression, is a companion to a man who destroys. A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. And that concludes chapter 28 of Proverbs. Lots to discuss here. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. We clearly see, from starting from the first verse all the way through the mm -hmm. chapter, this division of the wicked and the righteous. Yeah. Specific, uh, specifically, in reference to kind of two realms, mm -hmm. the political and the economic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Poor and rich, and then talks about rulers. Ruler. Yeah, ruler. So which one do you want to go after first, the economic or the political? Uh, let's go... Let's go political. Let's get that. Let's get that out of the way. Let's go. Let's go for it. So, a couple of things that we see here, Chad. Where should we start? Uh, let's see here. Um, trying to see where that uh, verse we talked about earlier was. I should have marked it. Well, we got verse fifteen. We've got verse one. We've got. Let's see, verse four, verse five. We've got oh, twenty one. Twenty one, I think, is is a good insight into what we see in our modern day even. And I think it it explains a lot of the other ones too. Mm -hmm. But to show partiality is not good. Why? But for a piece of bread, a man will do wrong. And so right there shows the the way the powerful tend to lord over the poor, right? To show mm -hmm. partiality, meaning in governments in our history, right, you have the haves and the have-nots. You have the rulers, the monarchs, and you have the the pagans and the or the um, what am I trying to say? Back in the back serfs, in, serfs. That's what I was trying to come up with. Yeah, mm -hmm. or you, you know, you look at Brazil right now. I've been there before mm -hmm. on a mission trip, and it's you see all these big giant buildings and wealth, and then right around is all these favelas because mm -hmm. it's you either have everything or you have nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> this is how that continues. Is when there's a partiality, especially from the ruler's sake, then what they are able to, to to do is control the poor through offering little gifts and little bribes, and to get what they want. Someone asked me the other day, "How come Mexico has been at our border for how many centuries, mm. and it's still basically a third world country mm. right next to America?" Mm. And it's 
corruption in government, that, mm. that kind of idea that we're talking about mm. has been that way since I don't mm. know when, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's how you continue to keep the poor people under your thumb mm-hmm. and, and have corruption and all that kind of stuff. Because when people are desperate, they'll do anything to survive, right? Absolutely. And so when you promise money, I was watching a, a movie that was a documentary from back in the 70s uh, of a gangster in Harlem. And, you know, they were, he was bringing heroin in and all this kind of stuff. But he's handing out turkeys at Thanksgiving. He's doing all this stuff for the community. Mm-hmm. And so the community really protects him because he's he's handing things that they need, but right. not realizing he's also the one oppressing them. Right. Is that American Gangster or Denzel Washington? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's uh, a good movie. So those those, uh, those gang those like uh, drug dealer movies never mm-hmm. end out well end up well for no, drug dealer. No, they're, but it shows the same principle. Yeah. When you have partiality, those who have figure out ways to rule over, but then they offer these mm-hmm gifts these things that they do for the community these little things mm-hmm. here and there to where people are like well they're they're pretty good like they're good for us right and so they keep them yeah right yeah um there's a lot we could say about about that um but let's look to the text of scripture so we don't get too far <laughs> off of sure, the, uh, the point here verses 15 and 16 really speak to that type of ruler right mm-hmm. verse 15 says like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people Verse 16 then says, a ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. And then verse 5 says, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. So we see a couple things there, mm-hmm. and we'll take this, this political example further. Justice, right, is mm-hmm. is primarily is the government's primary role in society to yeah. uphold justice. Supposed to, yeah. right? That's what that's what God has ordained that institution to do, right? To punish yeah. wickedness and to reward righteousness. Yeah, right? Romans thirteen tells us that exactly. Romans one tells us that when when mankind mm-hmm. no longer seeks after God, right, right they go off into this. Mm-hmm. they are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, it ends up right. saying in the end of chapter one, right. right? And they claim to be wise, but they're fools, right? right? So so if you have then in the institution of government a total disregard for mm-hmm. God's law, which mm-hmm. by the way, our Western c- civilization is built on Judeo-Christian principles. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we're a Christian nation. Right. It just means that the way that our whole system works is built on the Ten Commandments and, mm-hmm. and God, God, the God of the Bible's way of justice, right? Mm-hmm. So if they just totally disregard that and get rid of it, they claim to know like this new way, right? Like the new, the new like version of socialism that's out right. there now, right? 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 It's this new thing, right? And we we just trust the government. Mm-hmm. We just let the government, you know, from cradle to grave, take care of us. Right. It's going to be okay, right? right? Well, that's not right. That's mm-hmm. not true. It's in, and there's so many reasons why we could do it, but. What the Bible is telling us here is that a, 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 a wicked ruler, that is someone who disregards God's law entirely, is mm-hmm. a tyrant to mm-hmm. the people. And like Chad mentioned, in Brazil is a great, you know, Venezuela, all these other nations that have mm-hmm. really gone down the socialist hole, is you do have that division that Karl Marx talked about. You know, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, the haves mm-hmm. and the have-nots. Uh, you know, the oppressed and the oppressor, right? That iteration's coming out in Black Lives Matter now. Mm-hmm. You do end up having that in a socialist slash communist right. type of government. And that only happens. That only happens when you disregard the God of all creation. Right. Cause you, cause you lose the individual's, um, 
value and dignity mm-hmm. inherently because right. you no longer have a God in which the individual was made in his image. Right. right? And dictates the value of the person. Exactly. Right. So, so you have all, it, it, society is fraught with problems when you get away from God. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we can pretty much wrap that one up there. But, right. you know, for you listening out there, you know, with that in your mind, I want you to just go back and read through this, read through this particular proverb, and you can really just see how the, the word of God is so clear, right? It's so mm-hmm. clear. But let's move on to the economic realm now. And <clears throat> there's a couple of things here that I think lay down mm-hmm. some basic principles. Let's start at verses 19 and 20, all right? One of the biblical wealth-building strategies mm-hmm. that we are discussing in our new podcast series, What Does the Bible Have to Say About Money? Yeah, yeah. Is work. Yes, it sounds obvious. Yeah. And yet there's so many people who don't want to work today. Right, right right now our whole distribution chain's being slowed down because no one wants to work. No one wants to work for whatever reason. So verse 19 says, whoever works his land will have plenty of Mm -hmm. bread. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop right there. Our world is full of resources. Mm -hmm. If you have an iPhone and you can't make money, man, like (laughs) it's never been easier to make money. Right. Right? And so... The point is this, is the Bible just takes that assumption as a matter of fact, right? If you just work your land, you'll have plenty of bread. Right. Go out, get a job. Just go work. There's plenty in our country, thank the Lord. There's plenty of opportunity, right? So whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Mm-hmm. Along with that iPhone example, it's very easy to get distracted mm-hmm. and follow worthless pursuits, right? Mm-hmm. So... Verse 20 defines the person that's going to work his land as a faithful man. It says a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Right. Right? These get-rich-quick schemes, right? These are worthless pursuits. Mm-hmm. The only reason anyone actually believes that they'll work is because very few people actually have gotten rich off of these things. The lottery is a great example. Right. right? Uh, there's so many, but let's just start with there. Like, let open your eyes, look around. What opportunities are around you, right? There's, there's there's tons of opportunities around you, and so whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty, right? So that just talks about our work ethic. Number one, number two, the heart, right? And we've talked about this before, but elsewhere in the book of Proverbs it says that he who gives only grows richer, but he who withholds what he should give only grows poorer. Right. So verse 27 is basically um, reiterating a similar principle, right? Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. And I love how this verse sort of flows back into that political arena. Right. Because, you know, these wicked rulers, these, let's just, we'll we'll use the Marxist designation, the haves Mm -hmm. and the Mm have-nots, right? The haves are like these wicked, you know, self-centered, you know, pridefully, boastfully rich individuals who, you know, they flaunt their wealth in front of the poor, right? Right. And they don't give, right? For whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible says that these people will end up in much poverty, right? Mm-hmm. And they will actually get many a curse, right? Yeah. And now one of the one of the crazy things, and I was reading Job this morning and I learned something great, but I won't go into it. But one mm-hmm. of the crazy things in the Bible where there exists a tremendous amount of tension is if God is just, why do wicked people abound in prosperity, right? Mm-hmm. Right? 
Well, that's because this is not the only realm of living, no. right? There's an afterlife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in God's wisdom, mm-hmm. he allows certain things to happen. His principles, just because we can't see them necessarily always in operation, doesn't mean that they're not in operation. These yeah. principles that we read here, like selfishness, right? Sin, if I withhold my giving from those who I should give to, right? Not necessarily just giving to every beggar on the street, but giving to churches, giving to nonprofit organizations that are helping meet people's needs, et cetera, et cetera. Like God says that if you do this, you honor him elsewhere in the Proverbs and that he will bless you, right? Mm-hmm. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Have a loose grip on your possessions, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let your possessions own you, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see... Number one, our work ethic, we should just work to build wealth. But number two, we shouldn't hoard it and we shouldn't be um, all about building our own kingdoms, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, you're right on, Mike. The, these things are, as as our loss is self-evident, right? Right. Meaning when you are generous, when you are someone who stewards your money well, you will have plenty and you will be a help to others, which the other side effect of that means that other people want to also help you, right? It right. creates this yeah. this community of generosity, right? Which is why this another reason why this principle reigns true. Whereas the wicked who hoard and who keep, yeah, they might be rich by themselves, but a lot of times they are very lonely. Yeah. They are by themselves. Yeah, so they're miserable. not they're not rich in terms of spiritually rich, emotionally rich, you know, right. rich in community, right? Yeah. And then a lot of times when they're doing that from wicked gain, as the other proverb uh, verse said, you know, the poor will find him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was that at? That was back in. Uh, that is like back towards the beginning of this one here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying we read it a few minutes ago. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll find it in a second. But the principle. I'm looking for it. That's what I'm saying there is that that even in the, it, it seems like in a in a season where the rich person seems to be making it all the way through and having everything, he he will eventually lose it, and usually in this life. But if he doesn't lose it in this life, what he will lose will be in the eternal life, yes. living eternally in hell. Yes. So prosperity gospel is true um, in this way, meaning if you do not have Christ, then this life will be your best life. It will It will only get worse. Because of because of a separation from God and hell, um, and so a lot of people who are pursuing the riches of this life and and wanting God to bless them in that way, you're you're not serving the God of the Bible. You're serving the God of yourself, and and this will be your best life now. So, if that's your hope, then then yeah, go for it. Get get as much as you can get because it's going to be over soon. Right. The the verse that you were referring to is verse eleven. A rich man yeah. is wise in his own eyes, yeah, but go. a poor man will under who has understanding mm-hmm. will find him out. Notice it's not just being poor, it's who has understanding. Right. And it's interesting because the being wise in your own eyes is mentioned back in Proverbs three. Mm-hmm. It says uh, this is verses five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Right. Right? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Verse seven says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. Right? So and of course, Proverbs one and the fear of the Lord is beginning with beginning of evil. So the the Lord, I mean, Job again is a great example. Like the Lord's blessing in this life, His favor in this life, mm-hmm. sometimes will manifest itself in wealth. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean Mm-mm. that if you come to Jesus Christ, you're going to be wealthy. Right? right. It, that is that is like a side benefit if right. it ever happens. Right. right? 
So, but in eternal life, you'll be immeasurably wealthy oh, because you'll be with God. You'll be heaven. with God forever, right? Which is honestly the the best thing you could ever yeah. possibly imagine. Which is the flip to that same principle: your best life now for those who don't know God. Mm. The flip is for the Christian: this is as bad as it'll ever get. Yeah, yeah. And it can get pretty bad. Yeah, it can, it can get, get very, 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 very bad. But the hope is that this life is as bad as it'll get. So if, so, and a lot of times things are pretty good and it's pretty okay in this life, right? And, but eternal life, it doesn't even measure up to eternal no, life. Not at all. Again, I'll say the, the phrase that I heard in, um, one of John MacArthur's, or I read rather in one of John MacArthur's books talking about heaven versus here, um, a room in the father's house is incomparable to this dilapidated slum that we existed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure. know, so that is the joy of the Christian, yeah. right? The, no matter how bad it gets in this world or how good it gets, this is nothing in comparison to what's coming down the line later. Mm-hmm. So we want to encourage you with that. Uh, get into the Bible, get to know God, get to know his promises. It will give you that joy and that hope. And more importantly, you will glorify God with your life. We thank you for listening to another episode of the Weekly Snippets of Encouragement. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985 205 3022.